Well, look, you know, I think if it's something that is continuing, I think that you have to notice it and say, okay, you know, let me reassess these thoughts when this stressful time is over. So I don't think you should totally ignore it, but I don't think that you should be hyper-concerned about it and like, oh my God, I'm having this thought. It's really terrible. You know, it's almost like that sometimes people think about other people Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't get nervous about that either. This week, are we headed for a spike in divorce after the lockdown ends? Is it okay to think about getting divorced? What can couples do? Dr. Karen Sherman has advice. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, the brilliant Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She is also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and she is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um... We're, we're still in lockdown as we record this, Karen. Um, you're in New York. I am in California. And uh, I've been reading some reports uh, about a surge in divorce in China after they have started to ease up the restrictions, the stay-at-home orders um, in China. And there is some fear that we will see the same thing here. Um, I Well, I guess I'll bring it up now. I, I do want to say that I'm not certain that that is a true indicator of divorces spiking. I think personally, based on the articles that I have read, one of them specifically that was um, in Bloomberg, uh, it mentioned that the data that they're pulling from is a interview with a divorce attorney who said he saw a 25% uptick in calls that he was receiving, which is pretty... Uh, throwaway data as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's an Mm -hmm. interesting anecdote. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they went on to try to make the case basically saying that there was a spike in divorces after the SARS epidemic took place, which Mm -hmm. me trying to play this out, it's like, well, is, are there really more people getting divorced or is this just um, handling the pent up demand? It's kind of like saying, you know, after, after we, ease up from lockdown, there's going to be a spike in uh, playground basketball games. Well, of course there's going to be a spike in playbook. Right. <laughs> Does that right. mean we have more basketball fans in the country? I don't know. Um, but regardless, regardless, um, the, I think it is safe to say that we are in very uh, precarious circumstances being at home. Some people, uh, many people, uh, parents with kids at home that they are now having to oversee full-time while they also try to work full-time. 
um, while they have to navigate around a home and confined spaces with their spouse and perhaps maybe even an in- an in-law or something. So um, if you're at wit's end right now and think that you might want to divorce when everything opens up, is it already too late to save your marriage? Absolutely not. I think that You know, because of all the situations you just described and the stress that we're all under, um, you can't really necessarily think that what you're thinking is truly how you feel, that it is very likely um, a result of all those other factors and the emotionality that you're experiencing. And, you know, they often say that when you are feeling very emotional about something, that is not the time to make a decision. Um, And then I'll go further to say that even when couples are not in the drastic situations that we're in now, you know that I'm a big believer that marriages can be saved even when they feel that, you know, they have done everything they absolutely can because um, there are many marriages that look like they're totally finished and there's no hope for them. But in fact, if there's any little bit of hope or motivation uh, for lots of various reasons, in fact, the marriage can be saved. So no, I don't think it's too late. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. Um, I know I sent you some questions. I'm going to jump ahead to my the, the third question I had planned okay. on asking you. So um, some couples might not be sincere about divorce, but th- that is a thought that has been crossing their mm-hmm. mind and they feel bad mm-hmm. about it. What mm-hmm. advice do you have for them um, is that just a normal thing that happens in these times? Um, should they worry about it? Is that a warning that they should be taking actions and they're not? Well, look, you know, I think if it's something that is continuing, I think that you have to notice it and say, okay, you know, let me reassess these thoughts when this stressful time is over. So I don't think you should totally ignore it, but I don't think that you should be hyper-concerned about it and like, oh my God, I'm having this thought. It's really terrible. You know, it's almost like that sometimes people think about other people Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't get nervous about that either. There's a difference between thinking about it and acting on it. So your thoughts are your thoughts, and they come up for various reasons. And if you're having those thoughts, again, especially under the stress of this situation, I wouldn't get very concerned about it. Um, If you say to yourself, well, you know, this is not going away, or I really had these feelings beforehand and it's now continuing, then shelve it. And say, okay, once all of this stress is over, I will look at this objectively, look at the reasons that I want to consider divorce, and see if they're still there. Um, Maybe it is a signal, and this just brought it out even more so, but I wouldn't get nervous about having the thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Like As we're talking about this stuff, I, I start thinking about all the, the various ways that these stay-at-home orders and the quarantines have been impacting us. Mm-hmm. And you know, if these were thoughts that you had before all this stuff started, 
Um, you might dress up a little bit nicer when you went into the mm-hmm. office. You might, mm-hmm. you know, go to lunch with certain people. Right. That, right? right. And so yeah. there, these were actions that you would take. And I know we've talked a lot about like emotional infidelity and all that other stuff, but in these times, you're you're kind of isolated in how you can actually act on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is still the possibility of jumping online and and you know communicating that way. And you know, I'm sh- I'm sure that's happening. Um, but as as you talked about um, thinking about other people, uh, fantasizing about other people, like that's not necessarily like a death knell. And, and in fact, maybe that is like part of the release of being isolated mm-hmm. with one person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, jumping back to my previous question, I was was going to ask: uh, Could this? So, as you're thinking of these things, and and as you're realizing, like I'm having these thoughts, could this be the t- perfect time to address the issues in your relationship that are being exposed, or is it just that this environment is so radical? Uh, that it's it's really just not a good time for that. It's to your what you just said earlier. You know, maybe you shelve it for now and then address it later. I'm going to go to not a black or white answer. I'm going to go to somewhere in the middle. Love it. I think that um, if both of you are aware that, or or even if one of you is aware, there, there's a good chance that if one of you is aware that you're being very irritable with each other, that you're feeling disconnected, that you're having these feelings, you might approach a partner and say, you know, this situation really is just so stressful and so difficult. And there are times, I would, I would couch it, there are times that I feel like it really impinges on my feelings in the relationship. Have you found that mm-hmm. also? Okay. So I've really couched it. I haven't said, I really feel like I've had it with you because if the other person isn't feeling that, that can be very threatening. Um, but if you say like, and again, you start out with that it's a situ- it's situational and then say at times, you know, I've been feeling like it's impinging on our relationship. Have you felt any of that? And if the other person says, you know, really I have, then I think what you can say is, you know, I'm really glad that we were both able to admit that to each other. And, you know, it, it may even, this situation may have even brought out some of the things that aren't our best selves in the relationship. But I'm also thinking that given the present circumstances, it might be best if we just sort of shelve it and talk about it afterwards. How do you feel about that? Um, Because, you know, it's almost like when you're having an argument with your mate, um, if, if you're both not really ready to talk about it, there's too much emotion going on. It's not going to go well. And I know that a lot of people say that you never go to bed angry, uh-huh. but that's incorrect. Um, it is much better to say to your partner, look, we need to get back to this issue. But if we continue to discuss it tonight, we're just going to both be tired and we're both upset and we're not going to get anywhere with it. But let's decide that we're going to talk about it tomorrow when we both have had a chance to, you know, calm down. You might, can, oh, I, can I just interject really quick? Sure. So the, the thing that I've always found um, funny about that advice mm-hmm. is when you're told to make a big decision, 
Mm-hmm. One of the one of the most common phrases you will hear is sleep on it. Right. But when it comes into your relationship, it's don't go to bed angry. The interesting point, Steve. Right? Like, isn't that mm-hmm. so funny? Anyways, go Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. But again, it's not the typical advice of don't go to bed angry is incorrect. What you want to do is say, we'll talk about this tomorrow and let's make sure we get back to it. But you don't want to continue having the discussion because emotions are too raw, are running too high. So in the same way, it's not likely if you're both irritated and miserable and negative and stressed out during this time that you're going to have a productive conversation. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're better off leaving it to a more relaxed time when this is over. But that doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge to your partner, yeah, I know that, you know, we've been bickering a lot lately or that we haven't been our best selves lately. And chances are it is the situation. But when this is all over, you know, let's make sure that that we look at this again. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's the point I wanted to highlight is it's not... Uh, go to bed because you're not going to accomplish anything. It's the setting up the follow-up conversation mm-hmm. that's absolutely equally as important because you mm-hmm. can't, you don't want to ignore it if there is in fact something there. Correct. Um, I, I also wonder, like when I'm when I'm thinking about this, if just being able to have a cordial conversation about the issue without mm-hmm. it turning into a screaming match or a full blown fight or anything like that already kind of demonstrates that you're okay because you're able to have these constructive conversations, even if you do get a little heated. Does that being too optimistic? Oh, I would, I would think absolutely. Yeah. The, the point is, though, you know, it's going to depend on the couple and how capable are they to have just a calm conversation or is it soon? I mean, I have couples, you know, that I work with and they're just masters of fighting with each other. It takes them, oh, maybe maybe two and a half seconds to start talking about something and they're at it with each other. So, you know, it's, it's really a very volatile situation. Um, you're going to have to know each other. And if you're the kind of couple that can really get into it very quickly, don't go there right now. Um, it's just not a safe place and a safe time. Uh, I'm going to kind of reiterate some of the stuff that I talked about at the beginning, um, about, there are so many compounding factors that mm-hmm. can potentially grate on each other's nerves right now. Lack mm-hmm. of personal space, illness that you or your spouse or another family member or a kid could be suffering, a loss of income or a loss of job, you getting no break from the kids, uh, and, and there's more, um, you know, f- f- worrying about, you know, getting food on the table, like all sorts of stuff. So, Um, Do you have any tips on what each person uh, within the relationship can do to ease some of the pressure that's building right now? Well, they can do things individually um, where there are so many programs that are being given virtually now from uh, visiting faraway places to looking at you know, concerts and shows, um, to exercise programs. Exercise is really, really important now, not only for your health, but for your mental health to get some of the stress out. Um, create space 
between each other. Even if you're living in a studio, there's a way to create space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it may be artificial, but you want to create space from each other. Um, the more that you can keep up, and I know it's really hard now, and I'm seeing a lot of articles about, you know, forgive yourself if you're not keeping to your diet and things like that. But the more that you can keep up a healthy lifestyle, the more it will benefit yourself and um, each other as a couple because you'll be uh, functioning at your best self or your better self during this time. Can I, uh, can I uh, yes. jump in really quick? Sure. I'm so glad that you said that because on the one hand, I understand people are reaching for some comfort food. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, we know that a bad diet, lack of exercise um, – exacerbates all Mm -hmm. the bad stuff that goes on. Like when you don't feel well uh, Mm -hmm. physically, you lash out. And so this advice, I'm just like, it, I, I get it. Like I totally understand and I don't, and I'm not saying this to try to shame people, but I just think it's just such terrible advice. It's, it's perpetuating a downward spiral when there's no reason for it other than you want people to feel good about it's it's a sugar high. Like, honestly, it's like a quarantine sugar high. Mm-hmm. And I find it slightly frustrating because I'm just like, no, 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 no. This is actually the time when you can learn how to cook healthy meals. Like, you can figure that out right now as opposed well, to and, – and you can meal prep. And you can do all these things that are like healthy, li- healthy lifestyle choices. And instead, we're like, oh, let's learn how to bake – 50 different varieties of cookies, which is like, it's great. It's great. But like, that shouldn't be like letting yourself off the hook, uh, and turning toward that as opposed to like, as a, as a distraction. Well, let me say something about that. I, I'm a hundred percent on board with you. And I find for myself personally, I have been keeping a very healthy regimen because I know to your point that when I'm not eating properly, I do have a um, a reaction um, emotionally. I get, you know, I get uh, I get a little depressed. I get down. I get that's the same thing. I get um, irritable, things like that. So I have been keeping a really healthy diet. However, I think that the articles that I've seen are more addressing the idea of give yourself some slack. Don't shame yourself because with everything else going on that's difficult, if you then add to it that you're negative about yourself, that's going to make things worse and probably add to the cycle of, well, now I feel really bad about myself. The hell with it. Let me go grab a bag of potato chips. Right. Okay. So I think that has been the uh, tone of the articles that I've been reading. Um, You know, if you have a bad day, just say, okay, you know, I'm having a bad day, it will pass, and then in the next day or two, you should be okay. And going back to easing the pressure between each other, be a little um, more forgiving if your mate is a little irritable or doesn't say everything exactly right or, you know, let things go. Because if you start nitpicking about everything, that's going to go south really fast. Um, So you have to, in general, just be more understanding and um, accepting of your mate. Um, 
be this is a wonderful time to be appreciating each other. You certainly have the time for it, and it can be really helpful now. I know that um, you know I've been cooking a huge amount. Not that I don't always cook, but now I'm cooking on weekends also. Every night, Richie lets me know how much he enjoys that I'm cooking and what I'm preparing and everything. And um, the other day, I was working. I'm still seeing clients, and and he folded the laundry, and I let him know how much I really appreciated that. So I've noticed that the two of us have been really um, aware of letting the other person know that we're noticing them, that um, we are missing them. You know, we're telling each other how much we miss being able to hug each other and things like that. Um, And obviously, those words don't make up for the physical contact. At least it lets you know each other know that that we would like to be with each other right. so those little things do actually help um with relieving some of the pressure right um i uh i'm going to say one more thing about the the food thing really quick and then I'll get off of it um i i'm glad that you followed up um and and i understand um you know feeling having a having a bad day and grabbing the bag of chips. Um, I guess the only point that I was trying to make is I, I feel like I have seen people talking about it becoming the lifestyle of quarantine life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is what I guess what I was trying yeah. to get at. Yeah. Um I love uh the those words of of encouragement and affirmation and stuff that you, you were talking about with you and Richie. Um I you know this is a perfect segue into what couples can do to stay connected. Mm-hmm. If they feel if they're not really feeling super into each other right now, um, one of the things that I was going to go back to about the having to find um, relieve some of the pressure is just going for a walk by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's really good. And then yeah. that which segues into what can couples do to stay connected, which is then do a walk together. And yes, I know Jess and I have done uh, so many walks throughout this um, lockdown, uh, which has been really great. And, uh, mm-hmm. we just kind of like, we find little streets within our neighborhood and back alleys that we haven't explored before. And we just, mm-hmm. you know, try to keep away from as many people as possible, but, um, you know, it, it, it's very nice to do that. So, uh, do you have any other recommendations? Yeah. So walking together, playing a game together, you know, various games, doing a jigsaw puzzle together and there you're not necessarily really communicating, but you're still doing it together. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of nice. Uh, certainly picking a movie and watching that together. Um, let's see. Um, but again, I think, I really think what we've been starting to do lately with just, you know, saying I'm giving you a hug from far away or, you know, I miss you or things like that. Um, you know, again, the, the words help today. (laughs) This is, we just did this today. It was really silly. We have um, a couple of levels in our house. Uh So I texted Richie and I said, I mean, I have to get on a podcast soon, but I'm going to have lunch will you join me? And then I, you know, I sent him some kisses and he said, oh yes, you know, with the kiss back. And I said, well, meet me in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> so it became like a little cute, cutie, cutesy flirting with each other, but it made us at least feel like we were doing something to connect with each other. I love that. Uh, you know, little things like that, which reminded me of, you know, when you're first dating and going out, you send each other these cutesy texts. Yep. So um, 
something like that just brings a little lift, you know, for a couple of minutes and, and it helps. Yeah. So that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. You guys are making reservations in your kitchen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Jess and I, it's so funny that, um, I, you know, one of the things when you're talking about sending these messages or just telling, um, the other person how much you appreciate doing laundry, helping with the laundry or whatever it is, or cooking, um, it's just a great reminder that you're on the same team, you know, yes. I feel like sometimes people forget that, it, you know, you're not competing against each other to like, for whatever end, I don't even know, but you're on the same team. And so, you know, if, when you can help a teammate out, uh, you know, cause I'm a sports guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you help, you try to help them out. So I love that you guys are doing that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that Jess and I have been doing lately, uh, She's been my guinea pig on recipes, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and it's good because I'll try. I, I I've been trying things. One of the interesting things is um, I have made probably more substitutions to recipes in mm-hmm. lockdown than I've probably done in my entire life of cooking, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like a very follow the rules kind of guy, and it's like yeah. well, the recipe calls for you know a teaspoon of this. I'm going to put a teaspoon of that exact ingredient in, and um, it's been fun to like experiment and like sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but I value Jess's opinion. And then I also know like if I'm a restaurant, I'm cooking for one client, her. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been great. I hope to she get leaves you a good tip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, we've, we've been playing a lot of games. Um, we've been connecting with extended family members, which has been Mm -hmm. really nice. Um, Mm -hmm. which is so funny because there's nothing been preventing us that has prevented us in the past from making that effort, whether or not we could actually do it or not, but we haven't even made the effort in the past. And now we are, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, see, yeah. Um, if, if anybody out there has ideas, I'd love to hear them. I did think, because you're about to say, do I have anything else? I did think of one more thing. And this is something that I suggest to my couples when they are having difficulty with each other, because it really does a wonderful thing of helping them reconnect. Take out, whether you have albums or it's on your phone, look at old pictures. Ah. Pictures when you were first together, because it's going to bring up very good memories. So... Um, look at old pictures together. It'll be a fun activity and it'll, as I said, it'll bring back some very nice memories of when, you know, um, you took nice trips together or you had nice experiences with each other and you can talk about them. Um, we know that when you, um, focus on the positive and focus on positive memories, it makes you feel much better also. Yeah. And reminiscing specifically is good for that. Um, this is what that's, that's such a great idea. Um, and great recommendation. That's one of the, I have a lot of problems with Facebook, but that's one of the great things that Facebook I think does is, is, uh, pulls up a lot of the old, uh, memories that you, that people post the pictures that they post. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say it's not perfect. I acknowledge that because, you know, sometimes it pulls up bad memories too. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm an iPhone user. Uh, so I, I, I'm not familiar enough with Android. I'm assuming they do something like this, but I know on iPhone they have 
um, and the, the little artificial intelligence within the photos app now does these things where they pull together collections and memories and things for you. So mm-hmm. if you don't even have to do anything, you can just go into your phone and it'll be there for you. So that's kind of cool. So, um, if you feel like, Oh, that's a great idea. I don't want to do the work. I want you mm-hmm. to know that you don't necessarily have to do the work. It might've already been done for you. So, uh, check that out too. Um, well, this is great, Karen. I'm not going to ask you to give anything else because you just did. And so we will wrap this one up. So thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. And I'm sounds like you're doing just fine in lockdown. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and you and Jess as well. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay, so before we go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of... Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, along with uh, thousands of articles, 500-plus podcasts in our archive now, and uh, a free newsletter that goes out weekly that will help keep you up to date on all the stuff that we talk about. So um, with that, we will wrap it up. Until next time, take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight.